What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. This Haberman and Middlecoff segment is brought to you by Ease and EaseWellness.com, promo code HAM. And by Manscaped.com and the promo code HAM. And by Sleep Number and the new Sleep Number 360 smart bed. Go to SleepNumber.com slash HAM to find the nearest store to you. And by SeatGeek, promo code HAM, 10 bucks off. Now to the segment. The enormous rating they had, like we had said, Thursday night football would beat Monday night football every day this, or every, you know, head-to-head this year. The Niners didn't lose. Now you got. I'm. I, we're just saying the Niners. Like Russell Wilson plays a part in that too. Like Niners, Russell Wilson. But the Niners are the. But the I Niners flex. They flex the Seahawks out. It's not really yeah. the Seahawks that they flexed out. It was just their yeah. game. But it was it was Seahawks Philly right. Like that's if Philly beats the like Philly might be a the might win the NFC East. I mean it's not like that's if I just told you Seattle Philly was a Sunday night game you'd be like okay I'm ready that's a good game right. That's yeah. a that's when you say that out loud. It sounds like a Sunday night football game, team that won the Super Bowl two years ago and the MVP of the league. So it, to me, it what it did feel like is less than twelve hours later. I think the league realizes this is their most powerful West Coast brand by a mile when it comes to television ratings. People just watch. Uh, so I, I wasn't. I, I I was more shocked to just usually don't get two in a day, you know. Usually now it was unique the timing, right? The Saturday game it wasn't like they got two Sunday night games, but that was like whoa, highest rated Bay Area football game of the last two decades. Remember hard we, to hard to compare, I think, to like the Steve Young Niners. Uh, well, look, I mean, I think what changes is the raw number, just like the pure millions, right? The amount of people that used to watch. Like, people always say, what's the one they always use? Uh, MASH. Dallas? What, what did you say, Nash? MASH. Oh, MASH. That. Yeah, MASH they always use, and there's always like, who killed... You know that show? It's from the 80s. Someone listening who's a little older than us might remember. It's like, who killed Johnny? It's like the finale yeah. of <laughs> Dallas did like some insane number. Like 68 million people watching. Yeah, just something stupid. Like MASH is one. The Seinfeld finale is one. It got a massive... Like, well, I think I think MASH is legitimately still to this day uh, the I think most right. watched television show. Like 97 million. 
Cheers, I read a line one time, was like the third most watched. I just started watching it on Netflix. The problem is the show starts in like 1981. It's a little dated. Like there are some references like, whoa, that's pretty racist. I don't know if you can pull that off. But you realize like there were millions upon millions of people watching that. That's just not the case now on any show. The, the football gets more people to watch than any other show on television. So the raw number is harder. But when you do a 30 locally, 31, whatever, we talked a while ago about a potential I think at the time it was would the Niners Rams get flexed to Sunday night, and if they did, what would the number be? And we guessed, I think I think I said like a thirty-two. So we'll see Packers. Now we got this Packers game Sunday night football. Yeah, it's it's a massive number, and yet like the game, they had house money. The funny thing with house money is the second you lose house money, now you're playing with your own money, <laughs> and so can now I they got to beat. I, the- can I raise my hand? <laughs> you lost house money, and now you're playing with your own money? Uh, I, I turned $150 into about $900. <clears throat> I texted our buddy Fortinball yesterday. I was like, I was doing some work and had just daily wager on in the back. And some reason, I turned it up on a certain at a certain point. Yeah. The dude was breaking down Mavericks, Knicks, loved the over, and gave like eight points. I'm like, God, this guy fucking makes sense. So I took about $300 from my profits. But again, it wasn't, it wasn't in my bank account. It was just in my, my bookie account which had like $700 worth of profits. I'm like, I'll throw a little there. I'll throw a little on the Thursday night football game. And I wake up today, and all my profits are gone. So my house money, it was cool mm. I had it, but I don't have it anymore. Mm. I'm well, actually $50 in the hole. Yeah, well, now the Niners got to beat the Cardinals, John. Must win which game. is kind of a, which is somewhat of a weird spot. I, I think it's 100% a must-win game when you just look at their schedule. I mean, th- their next three games are murderer's row. I, could you set up a tougher stretch? I think you, it'd be tough to. I'm not saying a hypothetical one where you can make the teams. I'm just saying if you looked at all the teams in the league, their toughest three-game stretch of the league, Packers at home, at Baltimore, at New Orleans, would be as tough as any, right? Well, wouldn't you argue they're playing three of the four best teams in the NFL? In a three, they are. I mean, there's no... Yeah. Wouldn't you yeah. argue? it's the, they're be, They have the best... They're 8-1. and one, The Patriots are 8-1. The next three best teams are the Ravens, the Packers, and the Saints. Yes. By a measure of record, those are the next three best records, and I te- those are who we think the next three best teams are. Yeah, and two of them are on the road. And not only that, I would say if we broke the league up into tiers, like the Ravens would be above the Texans, well, right? God, so the, Ra- the guy, the Ravens beat the Patriots, they so they have the to be in the top tier. And then you would say in the NFC after Packers Saints, that's where the drop off occurs. So would. Wouldn't you have right now four teams in the top tier in the NFC? Because Seattle beat the Niners, so if you're going to have a Niners in the tier, they got to be there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that the Saints, Packers, and Seahawks are. You're saying the Seahawks are on the same tier with the Packers and the Saints? I think you'd have to put them there right now. Yeah, you're right. So, like, so really, they're playing four out of five weeks in a row, the top tier in the NFL, without the Patriots. Because someone DM'd me, they're like, Middlecoff, you're pretty confident that this is a locked playoff team. But if they were to fuck up this weekend, are we sure they're a locked playoff team? And you start doing the math, because his point was, even if they won two games down the stretch, let's say they beat Arizona, beat Atlanta, or L.A., or whatever, they go 2-6 and six down the stretch. So you start 8-0, and oh, you go 2-6. and six. There is a chance that 10 wins doesn't get you in as the wild card, right? Just depending on how it all plays out. Because even like a team like Philly, we're like, oh, Philly's fucked. Well, what if Philly ends up 10-6? and six? And depending on all these tiebreakers, you just never know. You never know. I will say, I think it feel right now. It feels like the second place team, the NFC West, 
And uh, but again, I'm just doing the. I'm just doing. I'm not doing what it. Fe- I'm just doing raw numbers, like yeah, what yeah. your record will be. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand. The, I'm just saying to me right now, the NFC West and the NFC North are just ahead of people. But you're right. I would I, imagine in the history of the NFL, since they've gone to 16 games, do you think a team has ever started eight zero and missed the playoffs? I would say zero chance. Right. I, the percent. Yeah, I don't think so. It's just be how could you be? How could you go eight games and then end up miss? It, it'd be you'd have to catastrophically implode, especially when you have home games. Like if you win, if you beat the Cardinals, you are one hundred percent a lock in because you've got to win two of your last six games. Right, like it's it's over, you know. But they got to win this game, and this is, it's not like the Cardinals or the Redskins, right, or the Dolphins, or I mean, they are kind of frisky, and and I also think you're coming off a game where it was just a heavyweight fight, and now you got to play. Short rest, right? Because you did play Monday night, late Monday night. The extra little 10 minutes is not nothing. It's not, I think, people are acting like, you play five quarters. Well, not really because it's only a 10-minute quarter. But I hear you. It's definitely more football. Whereas everyone started screaming in the stadium, free football! <laughs> you know, uh, kind of. We paid a lot for these uh, tickets. Well, I didn't, but uh, thanks, Robbie. Uh, <laughs> it, it was, uh, you got to win this game. If you win this game, to me, you can kind of take a deep breath. But when you factor in, again, it's not official official because Kyle had to come back. I guess he originally told the Arizona reporters that Kittle was out. Schefter immediately tweets it. And then I think they realize, like, maybe he kind of misspoke, but he's out. He's I heard during the game on Monday before Monday Night Football, like, yeah, he'd probably be out another week. And someone someone was tweeting at me today, like, is it kind of mysterious? We don't really know what his injury is. Like, yeah, a little bit. Right? He had a fucked up ankle before the Arizona game. And then he got a helmet to the knee. Yeah. If I, I'm just going to play. It seems like that's the injury. I got multiple state school degrees. One uh, says ag business. The other says uh, sports science or something. Uh, not a doctor. I'm going to guess it's like a deep bruise in his knee that just yeah. is pretty painful. Right? And... I wonder if at 8-0, you can go, listen, we got to have this guy healthy for the stretch. Like, we're getting a stretch here with those three games. But then it's not just those three games. Like, Atlanta's no pushover, and then you got L.A. and Seattle. So, you're like, we need this guy to win three of those six games, right? Or four of those six games. This guy is the best player on our team. Let's take a deep breath. He wasn't, let's say, maybe able to go to Seattle, but let's even hold him back against Arizona. I, I, I'm just guessing. I don't have any inside information on this. But to me, when Barros is tweeting on Monday night that he sees him walking around, like I don't think it's like season, you know, it's not. His season's not in jeopardy or whatever. I just wonder if they're being extra cautious with this, given his impact. Because his impact is is just enormous. I mean, he's he's their... It's one of those where when you say like a non-quarterback guy, when you say like that guy's their best player, there's always some argument like, you just say, George Kittle's the 49ers' best player. Even on a place like Twitter, would anyone argue with you? No. You know, it's like, even like, Luke Keekley's the Panthers' best player. You I might get some, I mean, you might get some, I, well, what about Bosa? Or Boza, as one person. What, but what, what did, uh, uh, I heard Brent Jones uh, say the other day, that he called Booger Snot Nose or Loogie or something. He was just making fun of him, like the nickname. <laughs> what did Booger call Salah? Salah? 
It's a lot, yeah. But do you think Tesla sometimes, and I do, I do this sometimes. They're doing it to piss people off. Like no. they know I won't say, it, or you just think he just screwed up the name. I think screwed up the name, which I've I've screwed up names before. But to go like you did, you called a guy a thing for a whole game, and then you come back the next game, and you're still calling him that. Like no one said. Probably we know somebody said something. According, if to Haberman me. was calling a Monday Night Football game, what would be the number one thing you'd focus on? Getting the names right. Getting the yes, getting the names right, and just understanding person like the personnel situations both teams are in, right? Like, just like here's a basic level. George Kittle's out. Ross Dwelly's in. So the Niners are without their best tight end tonight. That's an important piece of context, right? Yeah. I know so it you, sounds super basic, but we're talking about the very first thing. Pronouncing so the names when, right. Whenever you see the second tight end come in, you're locked in. You know it's Dwelly and Toliolo. Right, and it's like, so oh, here, here's, his name. here's, I'd have to get his name right, and then you'd say, if he catches a pass, that's an important thing because he doesn't ever catch passes, really. Right. Yeah. He doesn't. That's he's not right. in situations to block a lot. That's Those type. If you're on your, if you're on a rookie running back because two other guys are hurt, what happens in blitz protection? Those sorts of things. Yeah. Little nuggets, and then you throw it to the analyst. He's got to fucking hammer it home. Why? You, right. You're pretty as the play-by-play guy in football. Pretty dependent on that analyst being good, right? Because you're. You're John Stockton throwing him a lot yeah, of passes. Yeah, TV in general is more of an anal- – it's the analyst show more so. There's a lot more- of pressure on them to deliver. There is. Especially in football where there's just a lot happening and they got to see it quickly. So is there a chance that Joe Testador thinks that, like, if I had a better partner, I, people would look at me like I'm pretty good? I would imagine he thinks that because I would. You always got to blame others, you know, when you think you're good. <laughs> I mean, it is a double-digit line, which feels a little high. What is it right now? Ten and a half. Wow. I think coming off a Monday night game that was a war zone, missing several players. You see, oh, I forgot to – Matt Breda, out. Mm. Guy's ankles. I mean, God, get I, the guy some Steph Curry ankle wrap. I will say this. I don't know. This might be a convenient narrative. Maybe this isn't actually – doesn't work like this. But I do wonder if – the fact that the Niners didn't win the first meeting, like twenty-seven to ten, helps them this time around. Well, what do you think? But or, a, or at the end of the day, it's just like they're a good football team. That's the problem: is that there's they've got some juice to them. Who? Just, not, I shouldn't say the Cardinals are a good football team. Just the fact yeah, that they played they, you close, they, they definitely you should don't be suck, concerned yeah. about them. I think they, I think they definitely don't suck, and they just have a unique player who happens to be their quarterback. It's one thing like they have a unique player, but he's Chandler Jones. Like I can scheme around him. Right. It's hard to like Kyler Murray. Like what, what he just is what he is. Like his playing style, he dictates the terms. So it's And here's the other thing, like you watch Lamar, who's actually an improved thrower, he doesn't throw the ball ball like Kyler. I mean, Kyler is throwing frozen ropes. Like it's when you see Kyler play, and I think most 49er fans, let's call it what it is, no one's watching Arizona Cardinal football. I mean, they're playing on 10 a.m. games when they're traveling. No one's watching them. They, they are, they're the opposite of the Niners. They're, they generate zero ratings. They're piggybacking off teams like the Niners this year when it comes to media money comes out. But when you do watch them, you immediately think, God, this guy is not bad. You know? Yep. I was talking to a buddy yesterday in the league who was – Who's evaluating some, doing a bunch of, you know, just work on guys in the league, getting updated grades for their team. And he's like, you know, Danny Dimes, 
He's just your classic young player. He can do some one play where he looks awesome, and he can do just the dumbest shit going. And we were talking about like Mason Rudolph and just talking about a lot of young players that basically you talk about them the same, like, you know, the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you watch Kyler, you see a lot more good than bad. Like, you go, God, he's I really agree. accurate. He's got a really strong arm. When he throws the ball, there's no lollipop to it. Like, Russell, I think part of his lollipop is that's how he, I think he's so accurate. Like, he doesn't, the ropes are only when a guy's wide open. A lot of times he's throwing, because they don't have great wide receivers, throwing to guys that are in somewhat covered situations. So he puts a little arc on it to be advantageous to the wide receiver. It's actually just brilliant. It's the highest level of football. Kyler is throwing a lot of just frozen ropes that are hitting guys in stride. He has, Josh Jacobs probably going to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year and well-deserved, especially with the Raiders, who are right now in the sixth seed. Yeah, we'll get to uh, that. Uh, but Kyler, if Kyler has some moments, like you beat the Niners and you beat Seattle or something down the stretch, like he could throw his hat back in the ring, right? Because clearly every single person that you hear talk about Kyler, no one says he's not good. Given like his team's pretty shitty, his coach is a little over his head. Like it's been impressive. Don't you think young quarterback? It's it's not always obvious how good a guy is going to be, but it's pretty easy to jump on this guy's. This guy is not ready for this pretty quickly, and that's not what you think when you see him. What would you guess right now? Like how many touchdowns Kyler has? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, let's do his whole stat line. I'm going to say he's. Uh, you have his, all his stats right there. Yeah, I'm going to say he's. Um, 63% uh nailed it. Really? 639. So okay. you're percent off. Um I'm going to say he's I've all, uh, I was always a big roundup guy. I always try yeah, to get the little I'm better with, grade. I'm with it. I'm with it. Uh I'm going to say he's I honestly haven't looked at it. Um How many yards do you think he's throwing for per game? 230. 290. Oh, shit. Okay, so um, should I go a little higher on my touchdowns than I thought? Um, no, I mean, it's... I was going to say like uh, 14 touchdowns, 7 picks? 12-5. Okay. So, yes. Yeah. I mean, his quarterback rating's 90. I mean, he's just been solid. But he's not, like, he averages 6 yards a carry. He's not. He only has fifty nine attempts. Like he's not running. I think as much as you think. Like I bet if I looked at, uh, what's his name, Lamar. I'd be shocked if his attempts aren't lower. No, like double what Kyler is. I, I, I whenever I watch Kyler, I don't feel he runs that much. I guess fe- when I say that, I mean feels like when you watch Lamar, like. Part of the game plan is him running options, yeah, and, and running, uh, and just using his legs are a big part of their operation. Yeah, I mean Lamar has double the carries. Lamar has 106 carries. I mean, guy Lamar, Lamar's gonna rush for over a thousand yards. <laughs> Lamar's having a hell of a season. Goddamn. I like Kyler though. Impressed. Not gonna lie, impressed. Got to win the football game, John. If they weren't playing the next three games that they were playing, you'd say you can afford – you'd hate to lose to the Cardinals, but you can afford just to have a little bit of a letdown given how significant overtime, dramatic loss, more so just physically taxing. Can't do it. 
Well, losing back-to-back games is one forty-nine. Yeah, just can't do it. Seahawks are too good. Like the the, as you said, playoffs don't go out the window, but the one or the two seed does. Yeah, I would agree there. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.